In today's episode, I begin my journey into recording these episodes in video format as opposed to audio only. My hope is to have a more engaging experience for my YouTube channel while continuing to expand upon the content I create. Unfortunately, as I am taking this one step at a time, I encountered an unforeseen snafu that I can do nothing about but laugh at myself for, and I make a point to highlight my misstep at the end of the episode, because, let's be honest, <laughs> it's funny. As before, if you are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, you'll be missing out on some of the on-screen antics from the video because, well, I hope I don't have to explain that to you. I have also been quite quiet on the social media channels recently, and I am sorry for that. But there is a reason. I have been dedicating all my spare and extra time away from daddy duties to be working on an amazing project that you'll have to listen to this episode to hear more about. And with that, let's begin. Crosstalk. The unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels. A casual conversation. Okay. Like I said. Uh, totally fine. If you wanted, I mean, I'm very used to... Uh, I'm very used to uh, both live uh, to live recordings. So mm. if you wanted to live record, I would be totally cool with that as well. All your all up to you, though. Okay, I'm just gonna stick to just recording right now. I've got a setup for full screen, and I see both of our images on screen. So that'll suffice for now. Like I said, I'm gonna take this one incremental step at a time and if i can find there we go i'm also trying to figure out the best way to arrange my house because uh the office that i used to record in has really spotty uh internet and it likes to just kind of peace out on me <laughs> every once in a while and that i mean for the audio uh, the service I used, it it would moderate it a little bit. If someone kind mm -hmm. of cut out, they would automatically realign things, and you wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to notice anything. It was really good. But if I'm going nice. to be recording video, I'm like, I mm -hmm. need to move this to the other office <laughs> on our second mm -hmm. floor. So I'm like mm -hmm. right above the um, the router. The, mm -hmm. the router. Yep. <laughs> like I can't, can't take chases with a video call because there were several times where I would do a video interview and my, I was the guest and the interviewer would say, uh, where'd you go? We lost you for a second. Mm. One of those mm -hmm. deals. Uh, I'll get there. <laughs> what I need to do is get a, a mesh for the house because mm -hmm. what I have, mm -hmm. what, what it, the issues I was having in the other office is I was running off the network extender. And it wasn't ah. wasn't quite strong enough. It wasn't quite stable enough. So I'll get around to it. I'll get there. And we'll count this as the soft opening for the show. <laughs> Sweet. 
So let's get this started. And hello, world. This is Video Game Crosstalk, episode 049, the podcast of gamers talking tech science and whatever else comes to mind. I'm your host, Anthony Rossi. And with me, this episode was supposed to be a duo of hosts, <laughs> a duo <laughs> of guests. Alas, uh, life had other plans. We are recording actually on Father's Day right now. Mm -hmm. It is currently Father's Day. And I was supposed to be hosting with the co-hosts of Two Nerds in a Pod, Maction and Nice Guy. Unfortunately, life happens. And I shouldn't say, unfortunately, my brother came up to visit the family <laughs> for Father's Day and my mother's birthday. But unfortunately, my brother ruined everything. And I spent the majority of the last several days just all sorts of family stuff. So I was not able to record last night, which was our originally scheduled time, and moved it to tonight. Maxion is still able to join me. Unfortunately, nice guy can't. We'll reconvene. We'll we'll get yeah, it back. We'll muddle through somehow, I hope. Oh, yeah. This, it won't be a problem. So, Maxion, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So, how's your weekend been so far? Um, well, my weekend's been interesting. I live in rather close proximity to a popular mm, destination for people. Mm, um, okay. I don't want to get too frightfully specific, but that means that weekends are always touristy mm. and, you know, plenty of people around. So, uh, you know, I tend to spend my weekends sort of in the house with the air conditioning on in front of many, many blue screens, that is to say computer screens, mm -hmm. uh, because that's the uh, that's my preferred situation when the outside is crawling with people. Ah, I gotcha. Uh, I really have become a bit of a mushroom, personally. Mm -hmm. I just, I do not take heat well. Mm -hmm. Just the way that my body has decided to age, mm -hmm. confound it. But unfortunately, my two boys, exactly, exactly. My two boys love being outside, which I highly encourage. I've gotten to this discussion many times where it's like, well, Anthony, you play video games all the time. How are you going to feel if your boys are playing video games? All right. My oldest is four. I haven't gotten him playing games yet. I intend to hold off as long as I can because there is definitely value in going outside and getting your knees scraped up, getting some cuts, getting some bruises, as brutal as that sounds, but there's a definite value in that in character development and just social development and stuff like that. Don't worry. I'll be schooling him in what he considers a retro game soon enough. I'll, I'll be able to show him what's up and we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So, unfortunately for me, we've had a heat wave in my area, and it's been Daddy, Daddy, Chase Me. Daddy, Daddy. <laughs> no. But this is what you do. That's what yeah. you do when you're a father. You, all right, bud, let's go do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That would be rough. But you're a good man for doing it. It's, I, I, I really put forth the effort as, ex and I joke about it all the time. I definitely joke about it. My, they're good kids. They really are good kids. All of my frustrations boils down to he's just being a typical four-year-old. Mm. You know what I mean? He's just yeah. being a typical four-year-old. He's he's pressing. 
<laughs> now I can only offer my sympathies for any of this as I am unchilded uh, at the current time. Uh, but this last, it would have been the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. I had the uh, pleasure to live uh, in close proximity to um, my uh, sister-in-law and uh, brother-in-law and their, their kids. Mm -hmm. uh, one four-year-old and one seven-year-old. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of have, a, have an idea of what mm -hmm. you're talking about. It, is, it really is nonstop, but they, like, they're good kids. Mm -hmm. Just being a father of a young child. Oh, man. I sincerely hope you're enjoying this episode of Video Game Crosstalk. If you would like to help support the show, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash vgxdpod. Even as little as $1 per month will help covering the cost of web hosting and other associated overhead of being a content creator, and you will gain access to other bonus content, such as video shorts and extra podcast audio. Once again, visit patreon.com slash vgxdpod and become a patron today. So... Let's get into it just a little bit. Tell me about Two Nerds in a Pod. Okay. Uh, so it's a, a weekly podcast show recorded live on Twitch. Um, mm -hmm. There's a little bit more interaction, I think, than some podcasts because since we record it live as it's broadcast uh, and you know, there tends to be some viewer input. Um, and also we kind of uh, straddle this line of script, like not really a script, uh, but there's six established segments every single episode. Okay. Um, so you always know what you're getting in the first segment. You gotcha. know, that's always the news. And then the next is you're always going to get the history and then you're going to get this and, and so on. It'll bounce back and forth between us two helming it. Um, I think uh, one of my favorites is probably the trivia segment where the live viewers try and stump us with uh, oh. with trivia that they submit live so that's that's kind of fun um but uh but in essence though it's really you know for all the bells and whistles and strangeness it's an excuse for two friends <laughs> who started the show in order to keep in touch when one of them regrettably that would be nice guy had to move away it was really the excuse to okay. keep it going yeah a hundred percent i mean if only i mean i'm sure he was thinking about him and his family but if he had really been thinking about me he wouldn't have gone that way right inconsiderate so so sad uh, and we're going to bash on him as much as we see fit. I barely know he the guy, did but not... it sounds like yeah, we've got plenty of ammo against him. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, I mean, he's not here to defend himself, so let's let's kick him while he's down. <laughs> Excellent. So what have you been playing recently? Oh, man. Uh, well, on recommendation from, actually, uh, Mr. Nice Guy, uh, Metroid Fusion for okay. the Game Boy Advance. Um. Also, there are a few games that I'm always kind of playing. Uh, there's this one for the PC called Chasm. It was released uh, a couple of years ago. Okay. 
Um, and it's a side-scrolling action platformer. I quite love it uh, deeply, deeply. Um, started off as a Kickstarter game, and then, you know, it, it got delayed a bit on release, because as they almost always are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and yeah, just uh, one of my favorites, good tight controls on it. Oh, I like nice. It. I, I feel like I've actually heard of that game. I have not played it. Because all of my gaming is on console. Oh, Yay, well, hey, good news for you is mm-hmm. you can get it on both PS4 as well as Switch. And I believe you can really? pre-order the physical releases from Limited Run Games on, uh, on I think there's pre-orders on Best Buy at the moment. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, th- I, I'll I like take it. a look into that. I will take a look into that. Yeah, I've been... Uh, past few weeks have been really tight for me. I And I, it's one of those things where I, I don't know why. I've just been busy with stuff going on everywhere. Uh, but I have been uh, working my way through the Yakuza series. If you're Ooh, familiar I've heard with good it. things. It, I finally got to show my brother a little bit of it. So I'm on the fifth one right now. And the Yakuza series, I am so happy. I think I picked up the first one as part of a remaster. It was one of the free games on for the month. It was one of the monthly free games on PlayStation. And I was like, ah, I heard about this. Either it was free or it was like heavily discounted, one of the two. Let's go give this a go. Let's give this a try. And the best way I can describe it is that the core, the core storyline core campaign is the grittiest detective crime underworld drama like bar none like this is blockbuster movie levels of intrigue and multiple storylines that do weave themselves together in a logical cohesive manner it is fantastic you take one step out of that main storyline and it is the wackiest, most bonkers, bizarre anime madness I have ever witnessed. They are juxtaposed to each other in the same game. It is very difficult to explain. But for, I'm trying to think of an example right now. Uh, you just get in these weird, wacky, bizarre, comical situations as like your side quest. They're called sub stories in, in this mm-hmm. game. And they're all just bizarre. And one of the other things I really need, and I feel like I need to say this every time to each person that I mention this to, because I experienced a little bit of culture shock when I played the game to my understanding. And I need to understand I'm the foreigner here. I'm the mm-hmm. outside viewer. I am the one who is viewing this uh, as the visitor, the best I can tell is they stay very authentic to Japanese culture. And I need to stay very careful with how I phrase these, because again, I'm the ugly American in this situation, but all the foods that they describe as restaurants, you regain health by eating at restaurants, all the dishes never heard of, let alone able to pronounce (laughs) any of them. There are like, even the little things like going to a karaoke bar or karaoke parlor, not even sure what do you call it. I've done 
more than my share of karaoke in the day. Okay, <laughs> done more than my share. The idea of going to a, I guess I'll call it a parlor for lack of a better word, and you rent out your own private room to sing like with a buddy of yours. And like, that's it. You get the room for an hour. And like, that's the, it's a mini game within the game. Uh-huh. Like, that's normal. I'm thinking to myself, no, karaoke is something that you do with your friends. You go out to the bar, everyone's done shots, and you dare each other to sing yeah. stupid songs. Yeah, it's, it's vi- out in the middle, and everybody's watching you, or trying not to watch you, <laughs> as the case may be. Depending on your, you know, stage presence and performance uh-huh. skills. Yeah. Uh-huh. All eyes on me when I go up. But. <laughs> So little things like that, like I just, it it was so bizarre, but I had to remind myself I'm the outsider looking in. So if you, and this is another thing I really enjoy about it, it's more or less an open world game because you are in this one city or district within this, it's the area, the main area is Komorocho, which is based off, it's a fictional version of like the red light district in Tokyo. The map itself is very small, but very dense. So rather than going through large expanses of like Witcher is the first one that comes to mind. I finally completed Witcher 3 <laughs> rather than riding on horseback. Oh, it, it took a while. Trust me. <laughs> that took several uh, efforts to get through. Rather than riding your horse through vast expanses. You're in a downtown district, and all the buildings are on top of each other. All the locations, all the restaurants, all the uh, the waypoints, they're very close together. You're walking the entire time, so it still takes a little while to get from place to place, but you still you don't have this giant expanse with like multiple cities and multiple so it actually makes it manageable. It's about a 40 hour game, 40 to 50, somewhere around there, so still enough into it. Still enough oh, yeah, meat there. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of content, yeah. Yeah, but we're not doing, like, a 200-hour epic RPG, and, like, I had to stop playing the Assassin's Creed series. I just don't have the time for the the endlessness <laughs> that those mm-hmm. games can be. Whew. So, awesome. I yeah. jabbered quite enough already so nonsense. i was thrilled to hear it i mean i i'm thrilled to hear another recommendation for the yakuza series it and that's the other thing like and if someone it seems to me that if someone enjoys the series they just go off about it right like there's no like it was okay. It, yeah, there's like, no in between. You either right. love it and are passionate about it, mm-hmm. or you hate it. Right, and it's just like ah, don't waste your time with that. But yeah. I'm definitely on the side of like loving it and think that every everyone has to watch or everyone has to play this game because it it is that it's such a good interwoven story with multiple main characters. It's beautiful, juxtaposed by madness <laughs> and insane, just. To people watching this and to you as well, the most recent one is called Like a Dragon. And again, very gritty story. A uh, The main character, uh, Ichiban, has, like, he was the fall guy for his clan. Goes to prison for 18 years, comes out expecting to be greeted because he made the sacrifice. No one's there waiting for him, and he's on a plot for revenge. They went from a brawler style of combat into the old school RPG 
turn-based combat system with a job system. Oh. Yeah, big departure. It was it's originally like a brawler's uh combat system. Yeah. So you're walking down the street, someone picks a fight with you and you get into it. But for the job system, they have jobs if you're familiar with this, such as breakdancer or secretary or sous chef or teen idol or like stuff like yeah, and they just show this bizarre montage of overly dramatic uh, action sequences of swinging a desk telephone around at your enemy or like you do a breakdance move. And of course there's like glowing lights around your feet as you spin around uh, to defeat your enemies. And like that, that's the juxtaposition that's I'm going to keep going on this. So we're going to move on to the next thing. Sure. So, and that is the primary reason why you're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bef- oh man, too many things to talk about, and clearly I did not organize my show notes well enough. I also wanted to mention how we got in contact. We are actually part of the same, we'll call it network. It's kind yeah. of a loose association right now, but you are also part of the Game Insider magazine network. Yeah. So h- how did you get roped into this? Because I just got a Facebook message saying, hey, you want to be a part of this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it would have been about a year ago. Okay. Um, where, you know, uh, where the guys at Game Insider reached out. They had apparently seen some of our stuff and they were like, hey, we're looking, we're looking for people. And so they, yeah, so they invited us on board. And, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would love to give more details, uh, but it was actually Mr. Nice Guy who okay. uh, mentioned that. So he was just like, oh, sweet, let's listen. And then, you know, we had a meeting. We talked about, you know, uh, various things. And then, uh, you know, we were on board. But Mr. Nice Guy took care of the majority of uh, okay. of that. So uh, so that's about the best description <laughs> I can no, give you. No, that's fine. So when again, he's causing all sorts of inconveniences for us. Right. He is very inconsiderate when it comes to scheduling. Ah, the terrible. Worst. <laughs> he's the worst. Uh, yeah, I would love to start. And this, so this is part of my own little initiative. I want to start doing some more like cross promotion stuff. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned, this is the greatest crossover event. As far as we can tell, uh, since, quote, Philip Banks met Carl Winslow back in the day. Pretty sure, pretty sure we're up there, like comparable to that. Yeah, yep, at the very least. Well, I mean, okay, I think, yeah, somewhere in there. I I think that has to be the number one. That will always be the gold standard by which all crossovers are judged. Um, Fair. We need to have a metric. That is the metric. We're we're coming in up there in the upper percentile. For sure. Awesome. So now that we got that, now we can get into the main (laughs) aspect of this. E3 has just come and gone. We've had a week to digest what everyone just saw. Let's talk about it a little bit. So this will be my yearly E3 episode. 
as much as I'm able to maintain everything with all the rest of life that's happening. Uh, thankfully, COVID is on the decline. New York State just opened up all, just about all restrictions. So, yes, indeed, applaud. Oh, I cannot wait. I've already started seeing signs that uh, certain conventions and expos are beginning to come back or at least make preparations again for later in the year, like fall if need be, but at least at least planes are being made again. So mm-hmm. beautiful signs of recovery. I, everyone get your vaccinations. <laughs> let's, let's keep this uh, momentum going. But yeah, E3, again, virtual this year for obvious reasons. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on E3, what you were able to watch? Um, well, I've had the delight to go in person before. Oh, lovely. Um, and it was it was many years ago, and and actually it was uh, I, I took Mr. Nice Guy with me. Um, we went together. It was the best bro date ever. Oh, um, fabulous! <laughs> and uh, obviously, it's a very different experience with the online side of things as compared mm. to you know the in person. Um, and there, you know, my perspective on it is very much how I felt last year that it has both improved as well as detracted from um without being able to be there in person there's a certain electricity in the air uh, a hype that you just get when you're physically in the same spot that i just don't think that can be duplicated oh absolutely um but there is a uh there is a plus side to the online aspect allowing everybody, all the various, um, you know, presenters to kind of have their own moment to shine without being, you know, I feel like the in-person event had a quality of antagonism to it where you felt like different uh, people were competing in a way for your attention on the showroom floor. And, you know, are we going to go to the PlayStation thing or are we going to go to the X or to the uh, Microsoft thing? Because they're doing it at the same time. Uh, Are we doing this or that? Yeah, so, you know, I felt like a lot of times you had to kind of, uh, you know, you felt torn Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes. Um, Whereas this certainly allows for a bit more, you know, everybody's got their own time to shine, like I said. So, uh, So I, overall, I like the digital format for that. Okay. That's odd. They would go at the same time. Because I've watched E3 over the years, and Mm -hmm. I mean... We all watched both the Xbox presentation and the PlayStation presentation. All of them all got, like, their time. You know, I could be taking crazy pills, but I seem to recall the year that we went that we had to choose between between going to one or the other. Okay. Maybe it was at a time. So I have, hmm, trying to think how long I've actually been watching E3. Depending on how far back it was. Hmm. Well, now I feel now I now I feel like a like a crazy man. <laughs> I I want to say that we went in we went in 2012 was the year that uh, that nice guy and I went, which is nine years ago, getting close on a decade. Um, and yeah. Hmm. 
<laughs> okay. So that that might have been just before. That might have been just before I started watching. That was that might be like a year or two before I really started paying attention to E3. So there's potential there. Ah, well, there's also potential for me to just be insane. Well, you so, know, we're not uh, going to rule that out. <laughs> yes, we can't, we can't rule it out. But right. nonetheless, I mm. will say Hundo P, I will stand beside my statement 100% of it being, you know, there isn't quite the same electricity or no. hyper excitement no. in the air that you can get. But, you know, I mean, also on the plus side, though, and I feel like, you know, it's easier to get our hands on the on the information from the smaller people from the indie developers and the like than it was you know it's more accessible because it's all going up mm -hmm. online at the same time as opposed to having to be there in person for the smaller things yep. but you know anyway no that's that's a great point and i mean throughout this pandemic people have been trying as much as they can to do their virtual shows, do their virtual concerts. Uh, we do what we can. I appreciate all the artists, all all the virtual events for doing what they can, uh, just just to survive this long stretch. I don't care how good your presentation is. There is nothing that will replace a live experience, mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. I will say across any form of entertainment or presentation or demonstration or whatever there is nothing that will replace a live presentation i used to be very big in the music scene i used to go to shows and concerts all the time there is not a single video out there that will replicate the energy the absolute raw energy that occurs at a live performance you can't do it to be side by side physically with people that are as passionate about a topic or a concept or whatever that share the same passion and interest as you do to be side by side in the mass of people all sharing this experience at the same time. You cannot match it as far as I'm concerned. So I appreciate all the virtual. I, <laughs> There will be plenty of other events that I will attend virtually simply because of logistics and price, but that's a whole nother discussion. But I am very much interested in getting back into the uh, into meat the live space. shows. Oh, yes, into the meat space. And it's funny. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and mention that I'm working on this project right now. So this is live announcement, breaking news. When you mentioned the indie developers. Uh, how accessible their material is. I was watching the, it was the Xbox uh, presser, the Xbox presentation. Mm -hmm. And there is, and I've mentioned my location on this show a few times, so I'll you know share that again. Uh, in upstate New York, there is an organization called, well, the facility itself is called the Tech Valley uh, Center of Gravity. So we live in what we call the Tech Valley. We're not quite Silicon Valley. But there is a large pocket of technology and industry in upstate New York. Within that area, there is called the Tech Valley Game Space. And within that, there is in a neighboring city, uh, the city of Troy, there is a cluster of like over 100 indie developers and other 
there's just this bizarre little pocket that sprung up. And as far as I can tell, it's because the location of where we are, we are a three hour ish drive to New York City, to Montreal, to Boston. They're all roughly three hours, but you don't have to pay New York City prices to live. So it's a day trip, basically. So you can do all your remote work. If you need to meet with the heads of whoever down in Manhattan, you can do it in a day trip. And there are like a hundred something different indie developers. We're also home to uh, Vicarious Visions and Velen Studios. If you've heard, uh, Vicarious Visions has been around for a while. Yes, Vicarious Visions is the one that sounds familiar. I feel like I saw it somewhere. Was they, it on? They just did the Tony Hawk remaster. And they are they were behind the Diablo 2 remaster that's coming out. Ah, uh, I think that would be it. They also did Skylanders and Guitar Hero. And did work on the Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot as well, yep. That's the one. Crash Bandicoot and the Diablo remaster. Yep. yep. Uh, the founders of that company started a new studio called Velen. They did the Mario Kart augmented reality game. Oh. Oh, the one with the actual, you know, with the... The camera on the car? Yeah, okay. That was produced. They also just released Knockout City, if you're familiar with that. Mm, Not very, no. It's like, it's a, it's... I don't know if it's free-to-play, so I can't speak to that, but it's like one of those, you know... Battle Royale almost, but it's kind of based on like dodgeball instead of like gunplay. But we also have WB Games is here. PUBG has an office here. So there's like a big cluster of game development. And I suggested, has anyone thought about putting together our own local like E3 style expo? Uh And apparently they tried doing something similar a few years back, didn't gain enough uh, traction for it. The plague happened, and now people are coming back. And as of like a week ago, apparently I am now on the planning committee for this expo. (laughs) Hey, congratulations. Yeah, so we are... uh, I'll be tapping Game Insider for some... (laughs) resources uh, I have no idea what we're going to do we are in the preliminary exploratory phases right now but there could be some serious news coming out of video game crosshawk and I'll see what we can do to get game insider involved uh, The we're trying to focus mainly on the local scene so don't know how far we'll stretch but we'll see what happens but yeah there it is in it is in the works. We are in the talking phase right now. Uh, love to see the indie developers really being able to shine. I mean, so many resources are out there these days between Unreal and the full freeware version of like an online studio that you can make in your own home out of freeware and open source mm-hmm. software. So yeah, it's uh, interesting for you to mention the the indie developers. Uh, in this conversation, because there's a lot of them out there. 
and they just they don't have the budget to put on or be a part of a hour long AAA presentation. But they're out there and they're doing such fun stuff. And we're actually going to get into that in just a little bit. So what I've had planned for this show and what I've done in the past since, let's be honest, everyone's got their options for E3 coverage. This little podcast, I'm not going to compete with Giant Bombcast. I'm not going to compete with IGN. So the way I do this is I come on, guests come on, we pick a handful of our favorite trailers, and we talk about them. So... I've been talking long enough, so I'm going to start with you. Let's go to your first trailer. Tell me about that. Okay, so uh, Redfall. Um, I think the big headline bit here is uh, not even so much that it's like there's, it's got a sort of post-apocalyptic feel, they're hunting vampires, all that jazz, but, but I think the real things that interest me are that it's a cooperative game Mm -hmm. um, and they bill it as an open world setting, you know, FPS cooperative, uh, you know, and that is kind of my jam ever since really, frankly, Halo Combat Evolved. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Cooperative FPS is kind of the only way I play FPS. Um, Okay. Left for Dead and Left for Dead 2, mm, huge loves of mine. And so to see something that's drawing on very similar inspiration, I'm intrigued by how the implementation of an open world setting is going to be in all of this. Uh, but I'm cautiously optimistic because it's basically one of my favorite genres already. And that's, <laughs> that, that's why I picked it. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, flipped through all the trailers prior to the show, so they're all fresh in my mind. You got quite the cast of characters to choose from. If oh. if I'm reading the trailer properly, you got an interesting set of classes to work with. Yeah, it, it certainly does look interesting. Yeah, so like you, you have your, I don't want to say basic, but the, the guy who loves guns. <laughs> You're always going to have the guy who loves guns. Like, what's your special ability? More guns. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely doesn't shy too far away from the usual tropes, that's Mm. for sure. Uh, But, I mean, you know, I I don't feel like we necessarily need that in this sphere. You know what I mean? Um, As long as you can put your own twist on it. I mean, yeah, you're going to have you're going to have your tank. You're going to have your mobility guy. Mm -hmm. You're going to have your support guy. You're going to. The, the mystic. I guess I'll refer to her as the mystic. I think her name was Layla in the trailer mm-hmm. with the mystic elevator, like the old timey looking elevator that shoots people up. That mm-hmm. was interesting. And also right. hints at a good amount of mobility and vertical mobility in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, and of course, I mean, this is an announcement trailer. Um, I don't even think that there is anywhere that we can see um like 
even alpha level gameplay. So grain of salt with how much of these concepts are actually going to make it in there and be a part of it. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly something vertical mobility like that, especially if they're going for an open world urban uh, setting is probably going to be very, very nice. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm always a little bit skeptical. I tend to sometimes fall for the shiny things like this trailer and don't we all and then, yeah well so but mm, yeah i do hope that the mystic elevator makes it it oh. was this a cool touch it's i love seeing how things are reinvented over time mm. like vampires have been reinvented so many times but this is actually yet another fresh take on it all because after, after Blade was turned into a movie, I saw repeated instances of like garlic-infused bullets. I, it was either after Blade or Cape uh, Beckinsale's Underworld, that movie. Mm-hmm. I saw so many like garlic nitrate bullets and UV rounds like in several other like games and movies like okay everyone latched on to that concept and this is going to be how we shoot vampires with the UV rounds and this is how we're, we're going to move away from the the silver bullets or the silver but okay sure reuse it works okay but this is a fresher take on the vampire concept they're more they seem to be more like demons. Yeah, it than definitely undead. takes that. Yeah. So. Because, um, yeah, like you said, it's not like they're using, well, I mean, who knows? We don't know what they've got packed inside those shells. But, <laughs> uh, true. but uh, There but, was that yeah, one guy, he had the, the triple barrel super spikes. <laughs> there was that guy. Ah. Mm-hmm. So. And he was the one with the, uh, oh, gosh, with the yellow coat, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who seemed much more like a, he seemed more like the gadgeteer of the group. I can see that. I felt like that mm-hmm. was I felt like that was the thing, but but then again, I mean, how far are these tropes gonna penetrate in? Who knows? Who knows at this yeah, early point? Everything's still very early, so which is also kind of fun to speculate about, of course. But I know, right? I I think for my part, as long as they stick to, again, I'm a little bit curious about how the open world part's going to be implemented mm-hmm. but as long as it's a cooperative uh, cooperative first person experience i you know sign me up shut up and take my money yep nice all right cool so the first one on my list and i have like next to no information about this game i really don't know much at all it's called atomic heart it seems to be a russian game cyberpunk meets fallout kind of sorta if you were uh-huh. able to watch this trailer so it opens it's definitely got futuristic um cybernetic enhancement aspects to it so that's going to be a definite it opened up with that yeah but then yeah there's one the dude with like i mean it looks like a buzz saw on his arm on his hand or something right near the beginning oh yes yes at the very beginning yeah with that excessively happy looking robot kind of bouncing around it was like a uh-huh. very, very misleading scene uh, when kind of set next to the rest of the trailer. Definitely, if you played 
Fallout 4 with the Institute, which is uh, modern day or real world um, MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. There we go. Uh, that type of automaton or the cybernetic humanoid, android, whatever you want to call it, that aesthetic is prevalent throughout the design of several of the enemies shown. Mm -hmm. Several of them flying. There was one interesting instance of where there was a big explosion. Robots and things were thrown into the air and they just kind of like hung in place for a moment. Mm -hmm. So that was a little bit of I don't know if I want to say mysticism thrown into the mix, but that pause of in time kind of took me aback a little bit because that's not something you typically see in your uh, sci-fi type of mm -hmm. setting, but definitely lots of robots and uh, automation and synthetic humans in there. And it's been a long time since I've been able to play a proper cyberpunk game. Because, unfortunately, I'm still playing on the base model PS4 because I have not been able to acquire a PlayStation 5 yet. Mm -hmm. And Cyberpunk 2077 is still nigh unplayable. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not even going to bother. It was. I did see a recent report where they say that it's much more manageable on the PS4 because mm -hmm. they removed, like half to three quarters of the the ambient pedestrians and cars walking around the city type of thing, which really is what they had to do if they're going to make it even remotely playable. Because it, the couple of hours, few hours that I put into Cyberpunk 2077, it felt like back in the day when I was still playing on a desktop computer way back when, and I was like, oh yeah, I can totally play this game turn the settings down as low as they can go, but it still was like chugging on my machine mm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. Be just because it was like the family computer. It wasn't like my gaming computer. Or anything. It was the family computer. I'm trying to play something. It's just chugging away. That's what the experience was like for me on a base model PS4 trying to play that. Like it, it should not have been released <laughs> on the last gen. Uh, so yeah, I have not been able to have a proper... Uh, cyberpunk experience in a long time but this this is going to dive into several different genres several different sci-fi genres all at the same time i'm really excited to see where it goes and i really need to uh, read more into it see what it's got going on so, so i feel like i just Obviously, I've got no frame of reference for the for the Cyberpunk 2020 um, mm -hmm. or 2077 yes. or what have you. Um, and maybe I might have to lose my nerd card here, but I don't know as I've ever played any cyberpunky experiences. So Ooh. since you mentioned uh, that you haven't played any cyberpunky games in in a while, in a while. Mm -hmm. what's one that you would say I should go for? The most recent Deus Ex games. Excellent. Writing it down. All right. Uh, yeah, both of the most recent ones. Uh, they stretch back several, quite a few years. But uh, Cyberpunk Mankind Divided, I believe, is the most recent one. And mm -hmm. Human Revolution 
came before that. They both have the same protagonist, Adam Jensen. Uh, it is so it's definitely a single player game. There's no mm. co-op at all. And yeah, you play as Adam Jensen, who's a a cop who is pretty much rebuilt. It it felt so RoboCop in the beginning of Human Revolution that they actually made a few RoboCop jokes in like the ambient dialogue going on because it takes place nice. in Detroit as well. But you oh. up. Yeah, so it's a dystopian future. You're a cybernetic cop. Yes, they're like, okay, guys, we'll just get this joke out of the way right now. Yes, cybernetic enhancements, and it is really good. Lots of social commentary. Lots ah. of social commentary in both of these games. Yeah, well, you can't have a dystopian without social commentary. You really can't. You really can't. So... Uh, that would be a great entry into the the cyberpunk game universe. Would definitely be Deus Ex. Awesome. All right. So, what's your next game? Uh, so my next game is um, <laughs> it's called Letters. Um, and I'm intrigued by this. I'm going to let you yeah. do your thing. So right. tell us about so- it. Uh, Yeah, so general idea here is that the overall narrative of the game is that uh, is that what's going on is there's a set series of letters, not necessarily actual letters, but communication between a a girl and her pen pal in I'm pretty sure Russia uh, is where the pen pal is supposed to be. Um, And uh, while you do at some point in time actually have letters going on, eventually it becomes things like instant messenger and emails and and things like that um, as during the course of the game. But it is uh, meant to be a puzzle game wherein you kind of use the words inside of the letter or the message to... uh, I, I don't even exactly know how to describe it, but to activate or move on to the next challenge by like, you know, there might be a picture of the ocean and then you bring the word for lighthouse down to the picture of the ocean. Like, you know, a little a little avatar of you hops on, grabs the letter and grabs the word off of the letter and takes it down to the photograph. And then, you know, bam, now there's a lighthouse or now there's a boat or sailing. And I've always loved games where the word play is Mm -hmm. a part of what makes the game. Um, And, uh, you know, there's just something... There's something so wholesome and uh, and just charming about Absolutely. what I saw in the letters trailer that I felt like this is a game I want to I want to play. It almost feels like a like a hybrid take on the old point and click adventure mm-hmm. style, and that is my jam. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't know if I've done a very good job of explaining it. You should all go check out the trailer for letters on 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 your own time, and maybe some of my rambling will make sense. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I loved I loved the look of it, and it looked more like what we were seeing was 
gameplay or at least closer to gameplay adjacent. So I had some cautious optimism that we might see this sometime in the nearer future. It reminded me a little bit as far as the aesthetic and the the journey concept of it all. It reminded me of and now I'm going to blank. The the you played as this little yarn creature. You were, I think you were actually called a Yarny. Oh my goodness! Hold on. Yarny. That was untangled. Uh, was it been unravel? Un- yes, there it is. Oh. Yes, it reminded me a little bit of Unraveled. Oh, uh, okay. If you have not played that and you like this oh. kind of concept, I suggest it. I really do. It is. It starts off as a very innocent game, a very innocent story. But Mm -hmm. what you eventually do in Unraveled is you go through this woman's entire life through the course of pictures and these uh, knit little buttons and badges that you find along the way. And it turns into a very emotional story to -hmm. the point where, like, you will get choked up. If you allow yourself to get... Uh, engrossed, or if you allow your set to allow yourself to really commit to and feel the emotion that is being told, you will get choked up towards the end of this game. So, mm-hmm. so go play it for a good time. But yeah, this uh, letters. This is why I really need to get into and play more indie games. Something like this. Because you could never have this be at the price point of a full AAA title. You you can't do it. That there will not be enough interest in a game like this. You can't make it large. It's a great concept. If it was blown up to the scale of a AAA title, I would get very bored halfway mm. through, if that. But at the scale of an indie game, that's manageable. And the indie developers are able to take these artistic abstract ideas and turn them into full experiences like i really need to play more indie games i was able to play uh what what remains of edith finch mm-hmm. i'm going to suggest so many games to you by the end of this episode <laughs> so- <laughs> see and this is why you should always do crossovers everybody mm-hmm. that's the take home here is that you'll wind up with a list of new games so what remains of edith finch and everybody's gone to the rapture are two very similar games in mechanics there's like little to no action whatsoever they are definitely an interactive story you mm-hmm. exper- you are experiencing a story there's like no combat there's no inventory it's you you walk through this one setting and you interact with the different elements uh, around town, and you get to learn about what happened. So that sounds similar to what's going on in Letters, where, and you actually described it very accurately. You have these like two sets of correspondence, and you see your little avatar grab like a word or a concept and bring it over to the other one to complete the puzzle to progress the story. Mm-hmm. It is a very cute-looking game. It looks very interesting. I really hope you play it and give us some type of review and everyone some feedback on it. Oh, for sure. Just try and stop me. No. 
<laughs> it's all you, man. All right. On to my second pick. And speaking of taking risks, I love how Ubisoft will just like, here's an idea. Screw it. Let's go. Let's make it into a full title. It reminds me of The Crew, which was like their MMO open world racing game. If you remember that, I don't know if it really picked up that much steam or really took off, but it was just like open world road races. This one is called Writer's Republic, and they are going full MMO with it. Mm -hmm. And it looks like every sports game ever created thrown under the same title and we're going to make it an MMO out of it all. Uh, I've played an excessive amount of the Tony Hawk series and franchise through the years. Uh, starting off with not starting off with the first one. Now that I think about it, yeah, starting off with the first one. Played the played them all Except for Tony Hawk 5. That was like the most recent one before the recent remaster, which apparently was just absolutely atrocious. But I played the Tony Hawk Underground where you had your own like career mode in it. And they're, they're just so much fun. They're such fun, casual play. So Riders Republic, you play skateboarding, snowboarding, BMX, some type of like squirrels flying squirrel suit, hang gliding action. Every type of extreme sport is going to be in this game. And apparently you just squat up with like your crew and you take on team challenges all over the world, as far as I can tell, or all over this one area. And what I'm, I don't... <laughs> So it's funny for me to say, don't know if I'm going to play it, but the trailer looks amazing. I'll play it because I want to see where this goes. I want to see if they can pull off any type of MMO type experience, make it rewarding, make it enjoyable with nothing but the collection of every extreme sports game thrown under one title. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like the curiosity has got me. Have you played many of the extreme sports simulator games? No. That's a actually, no. Yeah, this that, is, that, that face told the, me no really quick. Sports <laughs> slash extreme sports games. I mean, now, Mr. Nice Guy actually, I I wouldn't say built. Well, yeah, he kind of built his, uh, built part of his following on Twitch around playing of NBA 2K games okay. and, you know, sports games. So, I mean, big thing for him me couldn't be farther uh there's a few too many dimensions in this game for my taste okay uh, choose choose about my speed mm -hmm. um but uh but no i mean it certainly looked interesting i especially thought it would be fun to try out the uh the winged squirrel suit right uh, suit like there. rocket powered squirrel suit or something uh-huh yeah right and at least at some point in time, they were flying through an area that looked like uh, that looked sort of like through I don't know southwest desert had those beautiful red and orange rocks uh, mm -hmm. that that just those are gorgeous. But uh, but yeah, lots of gorgeous looking 
uh, environments in that game. Even though I'm not much of a sports guy, I mean, it looked looked really impressive. Yeah, that's another thing. Ubisoft makes amazing settings. Amazing mm-hmm. settings. I mentioned how like I just can't bring myself to play the Assassin's Creed series anymore just because I, I just don't have the time for it. Mm-hmm. But those games are gorgeous, if not anything else. All all the different scenes and environments and replication of historical sites. It's absolutely astounding. And I mean, they do it very well, both in the Assassin's Creed series and in the Watch Dogs series. I haven't played any of the Far Cry or the, um, yeah, those games, but... If there's only one Far Cry that you play, let it be Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. <laughs> I think I might have downloaded it on my Xbox, but I never actually fired it up. <laughs> narrated main character by Michael Bean. Um, just, mwah. it has all the perfection of what the seven, well, of what the 80s thought the 2010s would be. Right. Oh, I am, I am familiar with like the cover art and the, like the, the introduction of it. The, yes, bl- what, Blood Dragon, is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah. Blood Dragon. Oh, Which yes. is, uh, you know, they're not dragons, they're T-Rexes with laser beam eyes. So, I mean... <laughs> That's the direction we're going with this, just so you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, I, you know what, I should. I should, like, see if I can... I still have my Xbox, I just haven't fired it up in, like, a year and a half, but... I need to experience. I've played the Saint Rose or Saint Rose. Whoops, Saints Row series. Mm. So I'm familiar with that level of ridiculousness. Uh, so it just seems right that I would play Blood Dragon. So that's I. I need to put that on on my to do list. Not even on my backlog. It's I, that needs to be on my to do list. <laughs> uh, so we've been going for a good amount of time. However, we both have a... So the idea was everyone pick two uh, trailers to talk about. We'll go around. Uh, Nice Guy has two really interesting ones. Uh, Metroid Dread. You mentioned how uh, you you prefer your two-dimensional games. I think it's amazing that they are going back to the side-scroller for Metroid. I'm not too surprised because after all, what they recently did, and you know, Metroid Dread looks kind of cool, but it also looks, if I may, a little lazy um, Mm. because uh, they essentially just recently released a Metroid 2 remake um, that they released for, for thing. And this appears to be, to my eyes, and I feel very passionately about this because they shut down another Metroid 2 remake because they were like, wah, wah, we're making, anyway, we don't have the time to talk about my misgivings <laughs> with me. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, they made a, did a Metroid 2 remake. They released it. Um, and it looks like Metroid Dread is made in the same engine. Okay. Um, it looks like, and it, I mean, there's too little information to go on, but I didn't see anything in Metroid Dread that led me to believe that they put in too much more than okay. what they had already done for Metroid 2. Okay. So I, I felt gotcha. like this is Metroid 2.5 in terms of 
coding artwork and ideas. Um, so I, I, I know everybody's kind of excited about it and, uh, good. And I hope it turns out great. Uh, but I was a little bit like, Oh yeah, this seems kind of lazy. Uh, but Hey, you know, what do I know? What have I built? What have <laughs> I created? Yeah, Nothing. Right. That's uh, he also, so nice. I also had Halo Infinite multiplayer, and now this is where I need to get boohooey about it all, because personally, I do not care about uh, multiplayer only games, or I shouldn't say multiplayer only. I do not care about PvP first person shooters. Mm-hmm. I'm a hallelujah. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, nice guy. This you're gonna get bashed hard. Uh, love Destiny. The des the writing in Destiny. I'm like a, an aspiring member of the lore community surrounding that game. I just do not know how people can get as sweaty as they are in the PvP aspect of it. I'm like, why? There are better PvP games out there. Like, if you're gonna be that diehard about the PvP aspect of a first-person shooter. Not, I don't want to say, don't play our game, but seriously, go play something else. Go play Call of Duty. Go play Battlefield. Go play you know, Overwatch or something like that. Why are you here? <laughs> the PvP aspect of Destiny is so secondary to like the main narrative and where, where they dump, obviously, all of the resources. So for a Halo... And this is interesting, too. Halo Infinite multiplayer is actually free to play if you caught that. So, mm. like, they know. Like, if you want to play the campaign, here's, the, here's where the campaign is going to be. Here's where the story is going to be. If you just want to play the multiplayer, we've separated it from the main game. Here it is. And in the trailer, they showed a... Uh, stylized armor set that looked like a samurai. That is clearly going to be microtransactions. Mm-hmm. They are going to have all the fancy hats, all the fancy armor pieces. And I know they're going to be microtransactions. And I am one of the few people who I actually love MTX for developers because they're shiny hats. You know what I mean? As long as it doesn't affect gameplay and you just have a new skin so you look pretty in-game, I have no problem with it. It's a proven method. It's a proven structure, model, whatever you want to call it. Now, do you have strong feelings on MTX? I have strong feelings primarily toward uh, online-only uh, games in general. That's um, a I, valid point. You know, I, I I don't think. I mean, we've already been talking. We don't want to hear more about me, but I have strong feelings. I I am not a fan of online only video games, mm-hmm. uh, which means you know I'm not the biggest fan of MMOs. I appreciate the art form behind an MMO. But I think a game that is online only for any reason whatsoever is a piece of art that we have to be willing to say goodbye to um, Mm -hmm. once the company decides to stop 
running servers. I have my uh, background active, but my dog just decided to join me. So you can see like flashes of her kind of, hey, puppy. Nah, she's just she's just yawning, laying on the bed behind me. Uh, <laughs> but to your point, a great example, uh, Battleborn from mm-hmm. Gearbox. Yeah, it was an online only game, and they decided that uh, they need to, you know, divert resources from that game development to what ultimately became. I'm I'm guessing here what ultimately became uh, Borderlands Three, and whatever mm-hmm. else they're working on. So what happens when these the company decides inevitably that we're going to shut servers down? Well, just wait until uh, just wait until the people. And just wait until they get they, the big old spooky they, Mm -hmm. uh, just wait until they get their way and you stream the data only, all uh, the Stadia and the like. The second that the game company decides that it's no longer giving enough returns for them to continue piping the data to to you, Mm -hmm. the game goes away unplayable forever. I've got... There's a game that I enjoy playing. It's called Legend of Korra. It's in uh, it's it's a it's a video game. It was only ever digitally distributed. Um, okay. I bought it on Steam. It takes place between seasons one and two of the Legend of Korra uh, um, television series. Okay. Anyway, it was only ever digitally distributed. There were some. Uh, there were some rights issues, some licensing issues. It is unpurchasable. You can't buy it. So if you didn't buy it when it was available, you cannot buy it now. Um, and thank goodness I, you know, downloaded the game and have the game because it means I can play. And it's gorgeous piece of artwork, but I nice. can still play it. Um something like that happens and we don't have the you know and we've got it being digitally distributed um streamed bye bye mm-hmm. to and such a slap in the face to the people who poured their blood sweat and tears and crunch time oh don't get me started on crunch mm-hmm. uh, but That's the people who other. crunched <laughs> yeah. yeah but the people who crunched to get that game out there goodbye to their hard work and effort <sighs> We got to stop. We got to okay. stop. <laughs> what, so I find it very really interesting you brought up that as an example because today, specifically today of the recording, flipping through my Facebook, I actually came across a gaming article of like top 10 games that are no longer purchasable. And Legend of Korra was the cover art for that article. So as soon as you sound like, I know where he's going with this. <laughs> like, Excellent. I, like, I just saw this. Didn't even know the game existed, but yeah. They've, they clearly they've gotten so good at uh, at the predictive now that they're showing you stuff that I was going to talk about <laughs> this afternoon. So I don't know what you're doing, Facebook, but that's creepy, and yeah, you better stop. Yeah, that is that is super <laughs> creepy. <laughs> All right, so we are just about out of time, but. Let's go over our, uh, we'll call them honorable mentions, really quick. Mm-hmm. So for you, it is something called Potion Craft. 
So long time ago, right? I went to school for chemistry. Uh, I was always very intrigued by the historical uh, side of chemistry and spent a lot of time with my face, you know, buried in old chemistry handbooks um, and the like. And of course, part of that, you know, there was a period of time when chemistry was alchemy. Alchemy matured into the chemistry science. Uh, but so anyway, this potion craft uh, borrows on a lot of themes that I remember seeing in old books, uh, you know, old art and ideas that are just very familiar to me. And so seeing something that was, oh, go ahead, make your potions, you know, grind the herbs up, add mm -hmm. them to the boiling ablamic. And also, you know, I mean, Morrowind making potions there was always so fun. many potions. Yep. Um, so, I mean, it just hit uh, something inside of me that was like, this is familiar, this is comfortable, and this is fun. Another reason I need to start playing more indie games. Because, yeah, it, that seems like a very low-stress game. Mm-hmm. You know, just something relaxing. Something we all need more of. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so my honorable mention, it's barely even an honorable mention, but I put it at my num number three in my list because it technically wasn't announced, and I just added it like a few hours ago. <laughs> it technically was not announced during E3. It was during another PlayStation event, and I, I feel it's worth mentioning not only because of the clout that it brings as a name and who's behind it, but also what they're planning to do with this game. And the game is Elden Ring. And it's from from software, which frightens me because I don't have the time or patience to deal with anything that is close to the difficulty of Dark Souls or Demon Souls or Sekiro and all that. But the two things. To ease the difficulty, which you know there's going to be, they do have a mechanic in there where you can summon enemies that you have previously defeated to fight alongside you. So Ooh. if you watch the trailer, there's a point where like the main character does something and there are these like ghastly blue figures fighting alongside them. Those are the allies that you can summon to fight along with you. Okay. And they'll have different abilities or, and functions like, you know, a guy with a big shield will help you defend or an archer will be able to snipe from a distance and provide backup support. So that will soften the blow. So I'm still willing to play this game. The other thing about this game is that not only is it a help like written by Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire fame, George R.R. R. Martin. Uh, oh, Based on your expression, yeah, he's writing for the game. So it is going to be a so very... the story will be done in 35 years. If at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's a... <laughs> after that very disappointing ending for Game of Thrones, people were already saying, like, congratulations, that's the ending you're going to get. He's never going to finish the book now. But back to this game... They have plans to take this far beyond just the game itself. They're talking video adaptations, a book adaptations, a full expanded universe that goes well beyond the scope of just the game itself. So as someone who has you know, dived full on into the lore of certain universes and really like 
dig into it. This excites me, both on a personal level, because like, oh, I'm really going to be able to get into some analysis or get into some really deep meaning and um, great storytelling. But also, if I'm going to continue making like YouTube videos for like content creation, I have to have something other than Destiny. Because that game is going to end at some point. The way that it's written, it will end. And I'm going to need something else. So if this is something that I can get in on at like the beginning of its start, mm-hmm. let's see what happens. So I have multiple reasons to be excited for this game, but don't know if I can deal with something as brutal as a, uh, a Dark Souls sequel type of thing. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I yep, couldn't make it through the first one, so <clears throat> I got it for free. Again, it was another like free off of one of the consoles. I trudged my way through the tutorial. I got into the first area. I saved at the uh, the fire pit. Bonfire. Yeah, the yeah. bonfire, and I proceeded to get my butt handed to me repeatedly by the first skeleton I encountered. I'm like, and I'm done. Like, I I can't get past the first skeleton. Like, clearly this is not for me. So, fine. <laughs> but we'll see what happens with this. I just need to go in the mindset that you're gonna need to have to learn the enemy's attacks figure out their patterns and figure out what the proper sequence of counters is supposed to be. All right. We'll see what happens. And that is all the time we have for this episode. Time for end of show plugs. Uh, You can follow me around the internet pretty much everywhere at hypersyntax h-y-p-3-r-s-i-n-t-4-x and if what is on my screen is getting recorded for the online video that is what that says mirrored in reverse because i did not plan i'm taking these video streams one step at a time next time when i do this make sure that my camera is not showing the mirror image to myself so that's what as I'm pointing, that says hypersyntax uh, or VGXT pod. <laughs> One step at a time, action. I swear I'll get there. <laughs> uh, you'll get no judgments from me. Oh, man. Yep. Occasional uh, blog post at the website videogamecrosstalk.com. And also, I mentioned uh, YouTube. I've taken a little bit of a break from it so I can realign, but I have four scripts written two of them recorded i just need to get some gameplay video and compilation of it all and i'll have some more destiny lore videos up also don't forget to check out my other projects the destiny lore audiophile podcast where we are collaborating with other voice actors to read and reenact stories from the game that are only in text format and also of course game insider magazine i've been narrating several of the youtube videos over on that channel so go check that out and maction uh, yeah, uh, at Maction on basically everything, Twitch, Twitter, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I am not especially active on any of those. The only thing I do with regularity is the Two Nerds in a Pod, which is twitch.tv forward slash Two Nerds in a Pod, uh, when we stream uh, our live show on Tuesdays uh, and, you know, Two Nerds in a Pod on Twitter and, and the like. Uh, so, yeah, and that's two with a actual number two. Number but, two. Uh, 
yeah, so if you wanna if you wanna see me doing stuff, that's that's the best place. All right. And finally, if you are a gamer or know of a gamer that wants to talk some tech and science news, let me know. Do you know some tech news you'd like to hear discussed? Do you have any other general questions you'd like to hear answered on the show? Send me an email or shoot me a tweet. I am available all over the place. Use the hashtag AskVGXT. And one last time, thank you, everyone, for tuning into the show. Please don't forget to like, review, subscribe, share the show all over your social networks. And we can be found on Basic basically every podcast listening service. And one last time, Maxion, thank you so much for joining me on this delayed episode recording. <laughs> no worries. My pleasure. And be sure to leave that review for video game crosstalk, people. It helps. It, it really does. And in the words of Rita Mae Brown, good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> <laughs>